So Darren, I just wanted to take a moment to uh, make a quick apology to our listeners. Uh, there's uh, not one but two people who took umbrage with something that we said last week, or rather something that I said, or rather something that I kind of passed on, regurgitated from somewhere else. When the PFF podcast used the analogy of the uh, Russian space program versus the US space program's approach to uh, space implements or writing implements in space and uh, Andy Isabella so I knew fine well that the uh, story is a fake and it's not, not real or there's certainly aspects of it which are falsified or misleading but get over it guys it was part of the PFF analogy I didn't do it I'm not going to space I do, but we're sorry anyway sorry if you felt lied to I feel bad <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that was Grant Travis from Aberdeen who brought that up, as well as my father who really likes pinpointing my, my flaws and foibles. Thanks, Dad. of the fourth and forever podcast uh, today we're talking about the afc west and uh, so we're going to start off with the denver broncos before moving on to talk about the problems that kansas city are facing primarily on their defense and some controversy at their wideout spot before we move on to talk about oakland i'm guessing we're calling oakland still i think they're going back there for one more season then finish off with the los angeles chargers so before that let's head back to the midwest and look at the Denver Broncos and what we think that they might do with their first couple of picks. So the Denver Broncos uh, finished with a 6-10 and record last season and ended up with the 10th overall pick. They, from what I was seeing, were probably worse than that for the most part, but somehow managed to eke out a couple of wins that they shouldn't have got, but then they also lost a couple of really close games. So it's really hard to see where the Broncos are. Uh, they have changed their uh, head coach and I got Vic Fangio in and everyone seems to think that they're going to go for a quarterback in this draft well slight exaggeration because a lot of people are also uh, saying tight end which uh, considering they've just re-signed some of their guys including Jeff Harmon and Jake Butt's still there interesting choice but people must like some of the guys that we have available Darren, do you have any thoughts on this? We have available. We have available. Such a, such a fan. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's that's um <laughs> something that uh, I'm going to have to get used to not doing. It's really hard when you've grown up um, as a fan. In fact, no, no. I think it's okay for us to talk about our own teams as fans, um, but we have to have the ability to say, as a neutral, this is the perspective that you would have. I just think that we have more enriched perspectives as as fans of our respective teams, right? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Cool. Okay, I don't think we've actually properly got started with them yet. So yeah, Denver. Tenth pick in the draft. Options. A quarterback. Likely that Dwayne Haskins and Kyler Murray will be off the board. But that's not entirely, you know, out of the realms of possibility that one of those guys might slip. So, But let's just say that, for the sake of argument, they don't Mm. end up back that far. We're looking at the likes of Drew Locke being the, the next guy there, and apparently the Broncos are quite high on him. We also have Daniel Jones, but he's probably going to be a bit of a reach at 10. There's always the possibility of trading back and then maybe going for him, 
but uh, I wouldn't really like that idea. If we're going to go for a quarterback, I would say that they would go for Drew Locke. Otherwise, they also have needs at linebacker. But again, at that sort of area in the draft, I don't think I'd fancy it. Defensive tackle, if um, someone like Quinn Williams falls back, then that would be pretty incredible. Highly unlikely, but you know, not completely out with uh, the realms of possibility. Also, Ed Oliver. He's another guy that I think that we probably need to talk a little bit more about in his circumstances. Yeah, I kind of feel the Broncos are in a lose-lose situation at number 10. Like They could just go and get the best player available, but they're in a situation where they're, they have the pieces. They have a defense that can compete, that competed against the Rams and Chiefs in that last year in games that everyone watched on primetime. And then just didn't have the quarterback play, just didn't have the offense. But at the same time, do we really think any of these quarterbacks are game changers? If mm. Murray's gone, and he will be, if Haskins goes at four or six to the Giants or the Dolphins or someone trades for him, that kind of thing, is any of these players that are coming up worth a first-round pick on? I just, I think people are talking themselves into these players because there really isn't that much available. Mm. And they could say, oh, well, we'll stick, you know, um, we'll bring back... Chad Kelly and we'll play him for 16 <laughs> games and we'll go 2-14 and 14 and we'll get Trevor Lawrence. It's oh, like, Chad Kelly. But the Broncos don't allow that. The ownership group, the GM, the fans, they win. They're a winning franchise. They don't want to tank or be seen to oh, be to doing that. So they're stuck because it's that what we were talking about. And one of the other ones about if you're always mediocre or always mediocre good, kind of like the Seahawks, then you're never drafting at number one unless you trade and I just don't think any of the talent in this draft is worth trading mm. for so at number 10 I'm looking more like it's more likely they're going to go for the best player available but that's really boring to assess because then we can yeah. just say like well it could be any one of these guys that we have ranked in there well I, I, would, I would also they, say they need a, they need a quarterback they need a defensive tackle as you said Ed Oliver might be available at 10 probably mm-hmm. will be most people projecting will go at 17 yep so there's a couple of, you know, not necessarily generational talents. I think the Broncos would be the right kind of team for Gary if he dropped to 10. Um, I think they've got the right kind of coaching that they would feel they'd be able to iron out any creases mm-hmm. um, and be really confident about it. But saying that, they've got Philip Lindsay, they've got Royce Freeman, Sutton's looking a good player. The Flacco will... Uh, I don't know about Flacco, but... You know, he's, you'll get the ball. Nobody knows about Flacco. Now, I think considering where they are this season and what we've done with bringing Flacco in, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of taking a quarterback that high, but I do think there's other pieces of the puzzle which need to come together first. On that offense, I think that offensive line has um, been weakened by the loss of Matt Paradis. Uh, so there's a good chance they might try and shore that up. Of course, they have taken in Juwan James for some crazy money from Miami. Apparently he's going to be their right tackle rather than left tackle, but still getting silly money. But anyway, I'm also not entirely convinced by like other options at wide receiver. If you get like in, in this day and age, it is a good idea to have as many good wide receivers as you can. But this worries me because DK Metcalf might still be available at 10. And I'm not entirely convinced that he's going to be the guy but they will want to maybe take a swing on a marquee wide receiver. And I think this is something which is kind of being overlooked, especially since the loss of Demarius Thomas. Yep. It, like Cortland Sutton really does look like he's going to be something. 
He's a bit small at the moment, though. I think they need to be able to. He need. He's the kind of player at the moment that needs an a threat on the other side, so he can get a bit more spacing. Yes. So he do, he doesn't look like super great under the double team, but then you never know what Sanders is going to turn up on a given day as well. So. Oh, well, I I think that Manuel Sanders is a fantastic wide receiver and he's more than proven himself, but it was a pretty devastating injury he took on at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I hope they don't go wide receiver. <laughs> Again, that's me saying hope, me being a, a Broncos head. But at 41, they could go for a wide receiver. I think that's a possibility. There has been a lot of talk about tight ends and I have been looking more and more into TJ Hawkinson, who I do really like the look of, but I don't think I could pick a tight end at, at that stage in the draft. Yeah, I see. I don't know what Rich Scangarello, what type of system he plays. If he's a two tight end system, or if he tries to bring in, you know, more of a spread offense. But it, from what it sounds like, a lot of these draft analysts are saying that you know Flacco is determining. They've decided Flacco needs a tight end to throw to. Mm. Um, and that's why they'll go for a tight end, which just sounds absolutely ridiculous to me. I just think if you're bringing in Flacco for probably a one-year rental, well, Fl- why Flacco's... should he have any say on who you pick with your first-round pick? Oh, of it's... course, of course. Like I think Flacco has had success with tight ends in the past, from like Todd Heap to uh, Dennis Pitta. He is that sort of player who would like a target there. I do value a good tight end uh, as, as much as the next guy, if not more. I absolutely I use them an awful lot in Madden. But yeah, at this point in the draft, no, I, I don't think tight end. She fought some Will Greer. <laughs> I do like Will Greer, not with the 10th pick. Yeah. No, I'm meaning more the four. The... How far back are you thinking uh, then? If he's available at third round? I don't round? know if he's going to be there in round three. Apparently his um, pro day was outstanding and lots of teams have jumped up on him. The thing about pro days, and I've heard this discussed on a number of other podcasts, is that... There's never a bad pro day. No one ever has a bad pro day. I think it was Gil Gil Brandt had his scale, which was it's either okay, good, great, excellent, or like phenomenal and exceptional, I think, was one which Josh Jacobs got this year. Pro pro, pro days, they're just, they're so well drilled into everyone. If you have a crap pro day, then you're going to be a crap pro. (laughs) It's just, it just doesn't happen, I don't think. Yeah. I one thing I would say is that he does Will Greer does seem to be kind of a, he looks like a pro. He yes. He has that kind of aura about him and you know he's got West Virginia weren't you know the greatest team in the world but he got 8 and 4. Mhm. He was great at um and this also comes up in another podcast. He's great at that dropping in a bucket over the shoulder throw to um uh his wide out is it dead? David so still, Stills, yeah, David yeah. Stills, who is exceptional at catching those types of passes <laughs> and nothing else. He's incapable of anything else. So how that affects your assessment, I don't know, but I reckon under the right system, Wolgar could have a successful NFL career. 3,864 yards last season, which was fifth overall. 37 touchdowns, which was third. And he only had eight interceptions. It's not bad. For... Playing at a team who aren't that like West Virginia were maybe a bowl team, but they're not. Mm. They weren't going to get to the playoffs. Yeah. So, I think he's the kind of player that we might be looking at in like two years' time, being like oh, third round. Where does that come from? Yeah. But I think he's definitely shown enough to 
get there. And I think the Broncos, because he's, you know, Virginia, I think Denver would be a good fit for him, at least as a try. And if you can get him off that 88th pick, then or you can it. trade the 80, trade down in the second round to get a couple more picks and pick him there. Mm. Yeah, there's a few options for them. I just think the tenth pick is that's, that's, that's too you high. Can't, you I can't get a career risk. there, and it's you're kind of a rock in a hard place who you choose there. Yeah, because it's got to be important, and you know our, our boy hasn't picked the best players recently when he's had high picks. Well, Elway. Yeah. Well, last last year was was really good, of course, but he's not <laughs> he had fell into their lap. Like, yeah, yeah. You much. had to pick Chubb. If you picked anyone else, you were wrong. But it happens. It happens. <laughs> anyway, I think uh, we need to move on from the Will Greer podcast again. Uh, <laughs> we, we love him. Like seriously, we did mean to just spend five minutes talking about the Broncos, but then we just got into Will Greer territory, and that has a whole life of its own. Anyway, moving on from the Denver Broncos, we have the Kansas City Chiefs, the uh, team who should have won the Super Bowl this year, but did not. They have a few holes to plug now, especially on that defensive side of the ball, considering that uh, D. Ford and Justin Houston have now walked out of the door. Uh, Justin Houston having recently signed with the Indianapolis Colts, and D. Ford having gone over to San Francisco for big money. So they will be picking with the 29th pick in the draft. So definitely deep territory there. The sort of needs that they're going to look to fill are going to include an edge rusher, defensive tackle, linebacker. But we're, are we of the school of thought where we think that the Chiefs were only as bad on defense as they were because everyone was always having to be aggressive against them? Is that what we think? Or are they just bad? Yeah, well, I, I kind of found with... Um... Was it D Ford, and his stats were kind of inflated. Inflated by because he could get to the quarterback because every team was needing to throw, yes, and not need, not able to control the clock against them. You still need that defense, you know. They've got you know, the Kansas City Chief fan pages are saying Jeremy Simmons from Mississippi State at the twenty ninth pick, mm-hmm. defensive lineman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the kind of way they're gonna go. They need to see what happens with Tariq Hill. But I think they're going to work under the assumption they can pick up a talented, skilled player who can just run run straight lines for um, Mahomes yeah. anywhere. I think that it's definitely going to be a pick to either shore up the middle of the field because they've lost so many. Yeah, well, we've, we've um, not heard too much more about Tariq Hill's issues uh, off the field, so... Hopefully, for his sake, that is going to disappear and it was never a thing in the first place. So I can definitely see them just saying, we've got to do something on defense. We've, we can at least slow down the other teams that we're playing against. Then that will allow us to stretch ourselves out ahead. Yeah, the Jeffrey Simmons from Mississippi State makes a lot of sense. I've heard, uh, heard uh, Jerry Tillery's name mentioned quite a bit as well from uh, Notre Dame. They might go for edge rusher as well. Uh, Chai Polite from Florida may also still be there. You're probably reaching if you think the likes of Brian Burns from Florida State's going to be there, or even a, a Dexter Lawrence from Clemson. He's probably going to be gone, but I think he would be the sort of player that they would really like. They would like a big guy in the middle, just to eat up a lot of space and pick up any runners that are going to come at him. Yeah, on the defensive side, they have picked up Breland, um, Rashad Breland, yeah, and they've picked up um, obviously Taron Matthew mm-hmm. as well. So massive, massive pickup there. Taron yeah. Matthew is. Like should be one, always considered one of the premier safeties in the league. Yeah, 
He was one of my favourite players to watch in yeah. college when I first started watching American football at LSU in the same against um, AJ McCarron's mm-hmm. Alabama team. Yeah, always, always fun to watch him just wreak havoc. So he's had a he hasn't had a quiet. It's, it's unfair to say he's been quiet. He's had a couple of injuries, but he's been solid. And I think teams actively game plan to avoid him. Yeah, when he's on the field, the same fan kind of fanzine for the. Chiefs have um, them taking Lonnie Johnson from Kentucky. Yeah, at the sixty first, yeah, yeah, round two, twenty one. But they have the sixty third pick as well, so they're they're picking twice in the second round, which is pretty good for a team that just got to the AFC Championship. Yes, they do indeed. They have uh, the sixty first and the sixty third, which they they got from the Rams. Yeah, so like ha- having picks that close together does allow you to have a little bit of because you know you're coming right back in again yeah absolutely so you so we'll, we'll go for this potential project now and then we'll get this guy who is also a more of a sure thing perhaps depends how they think about it this next one for the 63rd pick is kind of where i would go with it um riley ridley from georgia okay seems like the kind of player that you know add another weapon for Mahomes once you've shored up that defense a bit Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with having these picks like that. If you know there's a couple of wide receivers you like on the board, you can take a defensive player at 61 because you know that at least one of the guys you like is still going to be there at 63. Yes, well, it's entirely possible that um, the, the NFL draft, a lot of people are saying that this year is not particularly deep, but on defense, on defensive line in particular, it is pretty deep. Mm. Uh, I, I don't see them necessarily being able to pick up someone who can. Oh, Actually, no. I was going to say I can't see them being able to pick up someone who will help at linebacker, but they could pick up anyone that would help at linebacker because they don't really have bodies in there. Yeah, they have the the human turnstile that is Reggie Ragland uh, next to Anthony Hitchens. Hitchens is all right. Then outside of that, you've got Brilliant Speaks and uh, Tano Pasagnon. Pasagnon? I'm really sorry, uh, Tano. I cannot pronounce your name. They, they they were not good last year. They are probably going to need some help on the outside as well. Getting Brashad Breland in will help. Tyron Matthews going to help. Uh, they've got Kendall Fuller in. These guys just have to step up this season. They'll just be passing them. Yeah. <laughs> Kay will be silent. <laughs> and all this is going to go right out the window when Patrick Mahomes is drafted by me and then breaks his leg in the first game. Yeah. In the end, they still have Kelsey. Yes, absolutely. They still have Mahomes. They have weapons all over the field, and they know how to use them. Uh, moving on from the Kansas City Chiefs, we have the team currently residing in Oakland, the Raiders, and they have a couple of needs. Uh, some people believe that quarterback is one of them. Are you one of those people, Darren? No, I'm a Derek Carr fan. Me too, me too. Uh, I, I've liked him since he came into the league. As, even as a as a Broncos fan, I think as an actual player, I do like and respect them. I think the Carr family are actually <laughs> excellent quarterbacks. He's had a hard go of it, especially with take all injuries. his weapons away from him. Yes, and then it, on a season where he's come back from an injury, and then expect them to be. Let's be fair; they were organic tanking last season. Oh, where were they though? So, oh, who knows? They were they were building at, at least with trading. Khalil McAway, which people say, it's like, oh, how could you do that? He's a perennial pro bowler, one of the best players in the league. How is it even possible that you would think of trading him away? There's statistics which would back it up saying it is maybe a pretty good value deal. So now 
In the first round, they have the fourth overall pick, the 24th overall pick, and the 27th overall pick. So the 24th is the one they got from the Bears for Khalil Mack. The 27th is the one that they got from the Cowboys for Amari Cooper. Cooper was not doing well with the Raiders. Some people say he might have given up. Some people say that it was just not clicking. Uh, All this other turmoil regarding the franchise moving might have had something to do with it. But in terms of what they're going to do with the draft now, they have so many holes to fill, but they have so many picks to fill them with. Where would they go with their first pick? I have a feeling it's going to be the best of player available. I think they... Ugh, can't keep saying that. I know, but <laughs> I have a feeling that they're... One of the reasons why they were happy to trade away Mac is they knew that they were going to either get Williams, Josh Allen, or one of the other boys in the defence that they yes. can just plug right back in again. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they'll be a generational talent. I've seen people say that they're going to go for Gary... That's an Oakland. That's a very Oakland pick. Sorry, a very Raiders pick. I'll try not to date this podcast. <laughs> I would. Um, I'd rather they didn't. I think that they would be better just getting someone who's kind of a sure thing, at least in terms of. Depending on who's available there, I would say. Well, like, we're we're assuming that Nick Bosa might be off the board. If he's not, Nick Bosa could be nailed on there. Otherwise, Josh Allen from Kentucky, another edge rusher. Montez Sweat, another option, just because they really do need a pass rush. Because you know, like, like generational pass rushers don't come along very often, as they say. Real Mac. I think players are in college or now mm. choosing to become pass rushers. So, pass rushers actually never used to be a position in the NFL. They were, and, yeah. Know. Well, the term so, the term edge uh, actually just seems to pop up more on depth charts than like just defensive end these days. It's like, oh, you've got an edge rusher. That's what this person is. It's a separate position entirely. They yeah, could so also go for someone like Devin White if he's still available there. I don't think they go for any other linebackers. Uh, I could also see them going for Greedy Williams just because that's a real kind of Raiders name. They like Greedy and uh, and like they, they would just they'd like to have a player like him there. Montez a long, Sweat. rangy corner. Yeah. With number four, so if we say mock draft... Murray to the Cardinals. Okay. Bosa to the 49ers. Okay. And then it's up to the Jets. So the Jets are even going to take Josh Allen or Williams, mm-hmm. depending on what they feel they need more. Yes. I just think the Raiders are going to take the other guy. So I have a feeling they'll take Allen if he's there, which is better because he's kind of a not as talented a player. Yes. But a like for like with Khalil Mack. I would say most likely to go here is Josh Allen. Yeah. Uh, but if that, the Jets decide that Josh Allen's the player they need, then it kind of puts them in a little bit of a hole. Yeah. And someone like Quinn and Williams would then step up and be the Raiders guy. Or, I don't know. Oh, well, oh, sorry, well, I've, well, not, I've not got a note of punters or kickers here. <laughs> so I don't think they'd be going there. Uh, the worst thing they could do, which is, as you said, it's a very Raiders thing, would be to have a game plan. See Bosa, Allen go off the board if that's who they were going for and then just panic and take Haskins mm-hmm. yeah just because they want to take they realize the player they wanted is gone so they're just going to take the best quarterback yeah we're, we're probably going to have to extend this one back a little bit because having a team with three picks in the first round that's a lot to talk about and of course then they pick with the 35th pick in round two um, ugh, okay uh, very quick then who's going to be available for them Back at 24th. Let's say that they get their edge rusher in 
Josh Allen or Montez Sweat or something with the fourth pick. Back at the 24th, you're looking for someone like a cornerback. They are also quite needy at running back, linebacker. You could potentially get Devin Bush at this slot. I think that's a possibility. He would be someone that I could see them going for. Alternatively, uh, any of the, the big cornerbacks, like the big three there, DeAndre Baker, Byron Murphy, might might maybe fall back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where would they go? Uh, or of, of course, there is also the potential for Josh Jacobs to go there, a running back. Yeah, I, I think we said in our podcast, I think he's going to go earlier than that. Mm-hmm. I think the NFC teams that are mid-teens, or some of them might fancy taking an exceptional... Yes, running back out of the backfield, um, a catcher out of the backfield. Yes, one thing that's coming up in the mock drafts and the the way they're going is that a lot of these offensive linemen may have been misrepresented in the first couple of scouting reports yes. earlier on, and after seeing pro days and after speaking to players and actually watching tape, there's quite a few offensive linemen that are yes. popping up that draft board. So, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like where is he? Oh, yeah. Um, Chris Lindstrom. Yes. Yeah. Might be a pick there. Um, he is rising on draft boards Dalton, very fast. Dalton Risner is better than he's currently projected. Mm-hmm. Excellent run blocker. Yep. Uh, and how do you know we're not going to take Jawan Taylor? If they choose Carr for their quarterback, yeah, they they're going to want him? to protect him. And why not protect him with the best offensive tackle coming out of the draft? Would not surprise me if they were to go that way. Uh, you yeah, could, you let's could go that. back to that pick, though. But um, yeah, part of me feels that their their defense isn't good enough to really, unless you're getting a Van Der Esch or a player in like the third round that you're not expecting to be that good. Yes, There's no Darius Leonard. You know, like I think, or is if, there? Because these some of these players yeah. do fly under the radar in college, and then they come through and they get picked up. It's not not every fantastic player in the NFL is going to be a first round pick. Just look at Tom Brady. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to wrap up, I think if I was them, I'd be going offense just because of the power they can hold if they can get that right. Jalen Ricard's good at the backfield. Antonio Brown, Derek Carr's yeah, accurate. Uh, just call him Mr. Big Chest. Thank you very much. So they have chosen to sign someone like Brown. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they start really focusing on that side of the field, which means that I wouldn't be surprised if they replaced Hudson with... Lindstrom in later in the round or Visner or yes. they've got three picks within like five picks of each other so of course we can't discount the fact that John Rudin has previously coached some of the best uh, defensive teams but I, I don't really think that that's necessarily where they're going to go with this yeah. they want to get exciting players for this move and I although, although tackle would be a good move on paper I think they want bright lights and things like that for heading on to Vegas if and when that happens. He does Gruden does seem like the kind of coach who will look at penalty yardage as a <laughs> part of the game and think that, well, you get more penalties on offense awarded to you and that's going to be a game changer if we can get a really strong... Because I've got Colton Miller and a few other guys. Though, so. Yeah, if you believe in Colton Miller, then you might not need to go somewhere there. But. Yeah. But do you believe in Colton Miller? Anyway, moving on, we have the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, perennially up there as uh, the team that everyone thinks is going to make the leap this year. And, oh, this is going to be Phil Rivers' year. He's just always so statistically fantastic. 
but they never do anything. Has that ship sailed? We don't really know. Certainly, River's time in the sun is surely drawing to a close, but uh, they will be picking 28th overall in the first round. What's going to be available for them there? You seem to think that the offensive line is uh, a, a position which a lot of pl- uh, teams are beginning to value a lot higher this year. So is there going to be someone game-changer available at 28 on that position? Or are they going to go on the defensive side of the ball? Of course, they have just lost Tyrell Williams, a wide receiver. They've still got Keenan Allen, but Williams was a really good compliment to him there. Yeah. Where do you think that they might have the opportunity to go? I, I wouldn't be surprised if they went offensive line to cheer it up a bit more but then they've got to get past the Patriots and I just I don't know if they can this this whole season for the Chargers is just going to be to me totally defined by where they place in terms of who they're going to play in the first couple around the playoffs because I think that they they know that in their hearts that they can't beat the Patriots and they need someone to beat the Patriots for them home field advantage in the AFC is crucial and when it's always going to New England, then that's a problem for any team. Uh, so they've got to win their division then? Yes, there, there's very few places in the NFL which are harder to go in December, January than New England. Los Angeles, it's a really strange scenario going on there. They're getting more like bigger attendances at AAF games than they are at uh, the StubHub Centre. Going to be at a stadium with David Beckham as a statue. Outside. Yeah, wonderful. So, in terms of electrifying players that might be available, then I, I, this is the thing I, I don't see any kind of offensive player that isn't is going to be better than what they've already got. You know, yeah. they've got put it this way: Rivers with Gordon and Eckler in the backfield, and then they've yeah, got Eckler, yeah. Keenan Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. They've got. Hunter Henry coming back, who was, yes, net, was so a we big miss for them last season. So we haven't really seen him yet. Mm-hmm. They've got Derek Watt as a fullback. Like they have the skill positions kind of sorted. A complementary wide receiver would be helpful, but they can get him get someone later or trade for someone. Uh, Could they pick up Evans if the Chiefs go that way? Are they the type of franchise that would take that chance just to get past the Patriots? Just for one year? Evans? Tyreek. Sorry, I'm thinking of the NBA. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Evans plays for the Pelicans. (laughs) I was was sitting here with this look on my face of like, I'm I'm pretending to know what you're talking about (laughs) here, but I'm sure that I'm really missing something. Who is this Evans? No, Tyreek Hill. I mean, most of that stuff seems to have just blown away like a fart in the wind. But if there is something to it and he does end up getting released, yeah. People won't mind that. <laughs> you've got to, you've got to start changing it up a bit. I think they're just not. Oh, it's like Travis, like Travis Benjamin, like really, they, they, they have. Think of the skill position. They have Bosa, Ingram, they have Hayward. That's on the thing. A defense that isn't that great. They have some very underrated players in that defense, as well as likes of Joey Bosa. They, like Pouncey at, court, at court center, he's a solid boy as well. Like they have a good team. I think a lot of this season is just going to be around mindset and. Yeah, you don't you don't get to a twelve and four record without having a good team. Uh, it's just that that's that's the regular season record, but their postseason record is just just dire. Yeah, and you saw some of the play that they came out with in that an- anemic performance before they were bundled out unceremoniously. Like, is that an attitude thing? 
Like, is that something that they need to shore up? Maybe, maybe they could just you know draft a life coach instead of a, a, an <laughs> offensive tackle. That might help. Well, yeah. Well, I'm like looking as well. They've got Durbin James. Mm. There's not names just said like their last couple of drafts have been really awesome. I, I have a feeling that Hunter Henry will be a game changer when he's on the field. So they just need if they can protect Rivers anymore. But Rivers has to protect himself from himself because he. Seems to get a bit flustered in certain situations. Mm. Like in the bedroom. He's just had his ninth child, which means that if you have his kids, him and his wife all suited up, you could have a full offense. Well, at least he's got some <laughs> money to pay them. Um, yeah. He needs to have money no, for birth control. Sorry <laughs> if that offended any uh, any, any uh, devout Catholics out there. I, I do, not, do not mind it, but I, I don't particularly like Philip Rivers. I just like to have a bit of a dig every now and again. So yeah, where do you think that they need to go then? Because we've kind of danced around it a bit. Offensive line. Offensive line. I would agree because that is it's a, a, a surefire like improvement. If you have someone who can stand in there and be better than the guy who's already there, but that guy, say, say if you get, if you get a left tackle, that means that you can maybe move a left tackle over to right tackle, and you can improve. Two positions at once. Can you just get Ingram to play both ways? Yeah, sure, why not? (laughs) Man's like 300 pounds and can dunk. Yeah. I'm sure he can play offensive line if he really wanted to. Yeah, sure. (laughs) It's the same same skill set, right? Well, if you ask him, he will tell you he could do it. But he would say, no, man, I'll play quarterback. He said he could play quarterback. Yeah, yeah, he, he said he could play any position he wants. Anyway, that will have to do it for the AFC West. We've definitely talked about that a little bit more than we should have, but... That's not all my fault. Uh, Thank you very much uh, for joining us here in the Will Greer podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. (laughs)